Hello everyone, welcome into the Lifetime Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson. Today, our interview is with Gabe Martinez. Gabe, I'll tell you a little bit more about him later on in the actual interview, but he's an overall great guy. We dive into a lot of really interesting uh, concepts that I hadn't really been able to hear about um, a lot before. He's a Christian, go ahead and get that one out in front, but he was raised by really this parallel two worlds, his um, his grandmother on his dad's side, and really his dad's side of the family was very secular. Um, his mom almost to the extreme, his, uh, sorry, his grandmother almost to the extreme, his grandmother was into witchcraft. Um, and then his mother, on the contrast, her side of the family was extremely strong, extremely devout. So it was very interesting to get a talk to him about growing up in those two parallel, um, those two parallel worlds. Um, I think that was a really interesting contrast to be able to talk to him about. And then, um, seeing how Christians can live out the life, live out a Christian life in, in everyday circumstances. And also, how he handled his marriage without the lack of a father figure in his life. So, a really amazing guy, someone who this podcast is really meant for. It's for everyone's stories. And someone who, you may just be walking by the street and notice this guy, and you know, not necessarily too special. But when you get to, talk to him, talking to him, you realize just how incredible he really is. So I'm not going to take up your time anymore. Again, if you want to listen to some past episodes, we've had some um, some really great guests on in the past too. Again, you can find those on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. And then if you want to support the podcast, drop down in the links below. You can find me and share, uh, share those who have good stories with me on Twitter at Lifetime Pond or Mr. Johnson 1221 or on Instagram at MJ Ryan 1221. But like I said, I won't take up too much of your time. So let's go ahead and send it on over to Gabe Martinez. Alright, perfect. So we're here with Gabe Martinez again. This is the Lifetime Podcast. Uh Gabe, how are you doing? How's your day gone? I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. I'm I'm doing good. So I met Gabe at a um at a church that I went to with my dad a, a couple of weeks ago, and he was a guest speaker actually on that day, and I was just blown away by his message, blown away by his story, and since I run a podcast here that's all about life stories, I, I really wanted to get him on, and so it's really an honor to have you on, and uh, I'm really blessed to have that. Uh, so, we don't really know each other. Here. Yeah, thank you, thank you. We don't really know each other that well, and so this is... Um, it's a nice little break from the usual to where I don't necessarily know so much about the guests. So I actually get to know a little bit about you throughout this next half hour. So Gabe, just kind of walk us through a general, I guess, overlook of your life. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Um, I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. So I spent a majority of my life to the age of 16 living there. So from that period of time, I was, um, I was raised by a single single mom. Mom and dad had me really early. Dad, my dad was 16. My mom was 18. So they were really young parents. And um, so my dad, my dad was wasn't around much because it was the lifestyle he was living, and one just being young, and him coming from a broken home too. So, but my mom, she she really had to be mom and dad majority of my life. So, but at that young age. Um, the things I was exposed to and around, especially being living in New York, you're exposed to things a lot quicker than 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 most 
places in the U.S. So, growing up quickly, um, had to be dependent on um, just growing up and being a man and not knowing what that even that even is like because I didn't have those role models. The most role models around guy role models were dudes that were drug dealers or gang members or any of that type of lifestyle. So, um, my mom was the the fighter, and all my life I've seen her be the fighter. And so, but from my mom's side of the family, we have spirit-filled Christians, only the woman, only woman in the family. Spirit-filled Christians love Jesus, uh, on fire for, for, for him. And then on my dad's side of the family, we have people that are into witchcraft and drug dealing and all of that stuff. So it was just, uh, just a mess, the situation there. <laughs> um, so I had to... So I knew I knew there was a God. I definitely knew there was a God when I was little, and I knew there was a devil, and I knew I knew the supernatural was real. I knew that I was that was the norm for my life. The norm was seeing my grandma going into going into some weird witchcraft stuff, and and then the norm was seeing my my mom's side of the family, the woman, um, the power of God and miracles, and my grand my great grandmother raised her son from the dead, and like just crazy stuff the Lord has done. And um, but for me. Um, God didn't become real until the age of 16. So by the age of 16, my mom and my mom and me, um, we've been through through hell and back and the craziest things. And I struggled with depression. I struggled with, with addictions. Um, I I had just that just the normalcy of just trying to be popular and cool. And I used to get in fights in school all the time. I used to be picked on. All of that. All of that mess. Um, my mom and my mom and I were living in a car one time because we lost everything. And um, at the age of sixteen, I remember going back going to going back to a church that my aunt used to take us to, and and it was showing us we went to this play called Eternity, and it was showing us the realities of heaven and hell. And that moment was the moment that I've met Jesus. I, I had a real encounter with Jesus. I remember um, they were doing an altar call, and I remember he, he literally yanking my mom's arm off to get her to the altar with me. Hmm. And that moment I gave my life to Jesus. My mom rededicates her life. The first time I've ever felt the presence of God, I literally felt change just come off of me. And um, from that moment, we've been serving the Lord and and going after Him since. So I want to dive into some of that as we move along. But where are you now after, after starting off in all of that really kind of this this parallel of two different worlds. Where are you now? Where's from a faith level and also um where are you physically now? Oh yeah. Okay. So so after that after after I gave my life to Jesus, my mom rededicated. She we moved to we spent like a, maybe another year in New York and then um, we moved to Georgia. So she moved us to Georgia. Um I remember so that right there, that's the, I took time to just start growing my faith with the Lord. And um, it was pretty much just locking myself in the room and going after Jesus. That's what, that's literally that season of my life was. And I remember watching watching a Christian broadcast and um, finding about a ministry called The Ramp. And from there, I remember watching them at like 1 o'clock in the morning on a Christian TV. And I was like, hey, that's where I want to go. So I ended up finding out they had a school. And then I, we, I ended up going to the school about... I think a year later, I ended up going to the school, and then I spent about five years in Hamilton, Alabama, and then um, about a year and a half ago, I ended up moving to Cumming, Georgia. 
before to get ready before I got married and stuff. And so now I reside and come in Georgia with my wife. So let's take it back into your childhood. Obviously, you were talking about your dad wasn't very involved in your life, but you had um, obviously some knowledge of him and what his family was like. As you said, they were really into a lot of witchcraft. How much were you as a child exposed to that? Oh, it was, I spent the majority of my time with my grandmother. Um, and so I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of things. Um, I remember moments of just being locked in. Like, they would leave me in the room when, when she would do her, her stuff, her witchcraft stuff, and, and seeing her literally manifesting uh, demonic stuff. So, um, so I remember those things. So I was definitely around it a lot as a kid, and I remember my aunt, every time I would spend time with my aunts on my mom's side, they would be praying over me, and, and I would have nightmares and stuff like that. So they would pray over me and just, just uh, show the love of Jesus over me and stuff. I feel like a lot of times in today's culture, in this really secular culture, even among the Christian community, sometimes a lot of the spiritual warfare and the spiritual aspect can get lost. What do you have to say to the people who sometimes struggle with believing that there are, you know, those demonic forces, those angels, those demons who are fighting in a realm that we can't see? Um, what would you say to those people who struggle believing in that? Mm-hmm. What I would say is, it's, if, especially if you're a believer— um, it's in your Bible. If it, if it's in your Bible, that means it's still happening today. It's still a part of. It's still part of everyday lives. It, it doesn't change. It didn't like magically just got erased because um, because years down the line or so or so. Um, so it's kind of like these are these are normal normal things for us to to believe or 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 have a belief system of. Because it's it's in our Bible, it's 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 part of our doctrine. It's part of our belief systems to to see the the goodness of God, to see the the things of the Lord, and and the things of our enemy that needs to be destroyed. So you're talking about earlier, um, you lived really. I know you said you lived with your grandmother a lot, but you're also raised by your grand or sorry by your by your mother. You called her a fighter. How exactly did you, as a child, handle the lack of a father in your life, um, a single mother? Was was there ever any struggle internally that you had from that? Uh, of course, it was. It, it's hard because you don't you don't see any kind of a example of what it even means to be a man. So, so even though my mom had did a phenomenal job of of raising me and doing the best that she could it is just it's hard it was so hard not to have that 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 man figure which is the one that speaks the most of identity into your life and and able to know the voice of of God the voice of the, God the Father because you're lacking that so it, so it even when I got born again there was a lot of things that I had to trust God as my father and even today me and my dad have a good relationship, but it's still not it's not the relationship that I want because my dad's not born again, not saved yet. But it's still not that that fatherly relationship that I that I needed. So I had to depend and trust in God to be my father and to to heal every wound that I needed to to heal and to teach me what it is to be a man in general. Definitely. So you were talking about how you your life really started turning around at the age of sixteen. 
But at the time, you were still struggling a lot with depression. I know you were talking about. I think you may have mentioned addiction. Um, all these, but even if not, just all these very secular, very earthly things, um, mm -hmm. not godly things, just pressing down upon you. And especially like you were mentioning, you were living in New York, which of course is a very, very worldly place. You have a lot of distraction, a lot of, uh, a lot of different influences. How exactly did you navigate through all of that to be able to get to a point where you were ready um, to come, to get free, to, to accept God? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, I remember just thinking back of what that looked like. I remember... It wasn't even like God was on my radar in the situation. It was it was kind of like I got to the point that I was trying to sin, and I and there was like all the doors for me to sin kept shutting, and I was like I was like I am trying to sin and I can't sin. Everything I'm trying to do is not working, <laughs> and I was like I was like oh I was like God is really working on me, and and I remember my my great grandmother. She is the pillar of faith for our family. She's the woman. She's the woman that. That, that prayed for us and, and, and would get on her knees early in the morning and, and believe for all of us to be saved and to know Jesus. And, and I, I think back now and I'm realizing, man, those prayers that, that she prayed were literally the things that, that the Lord was using to be able to bring us to salvation, to, to shut those doors of sin in our lives. So we had no choice but to get saved. And so, so for me in that moment was like, I had no choice but to get saved because in that moment I met the goodness of God that radically changed my life. So I was like, I, there's no option for me. I have to be born again. I have to know this Jesus that that decides to come and rescue me. So in your mind, why Christianity? Of course, there are a lot of other religions, and I know that early on you were surrounded by, obviously, a very Christian uh, mother's side and the very opposite of that on your dad's side. Was there ever at any point in your life uh, maybe a second guessing of that world, or were you were you so influenced by everything that maybe there was obviously no other way? Um, just talk about mm -hmm. why Christianity to you, mm -hmm. or why Christianity is is the way. Why why that yeah. God is is the one, and kind of why other religions aren't so. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great question. Um, I think for me was, I I knew if I was going to get saved, or if I was going to get, or if this was real, then it had to be, then it has to be a real person that comes and visits me. It has to be a real, tangible pers person, a real person, a real God that I can talk to, that I can have a relationship to, that would literally change my life. And, um, Jesus was the one that came. Jesus was the one that, that answered that answered me. Jesus was the one that changed my life. It wasn't Muhammad, it wasn't Buddha, it wasn't any other religion. Um, especially if 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 I talk about what I even know now of the my life experience now from to this day, just realizing like none of none of those religions don't, can even answer the questions of of just normal life and and um just normal purpose and and why are we here and all of those questions and, and it, it was only christianity but before i even knew the answer your answers or your debatable answers or whatever you can say uh it was a real it was a real jesus that delivered me supernaturally and um that took me out of my addictions that i don't that i don't i'm free from 
So it wasn't a 10-step program. It wasn't, it wasn't anything else. So it was like, if th- this is the real God that really answered and changed my life and changed my wife's life. And so I was like, how can I not serve this? How can I not serve this God? And, and um, just to see the supernatural miracles that I've seen him do in my mom and, 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 and just everyday life too. So I think um, that's what makes me, to, even to this day, I will, I, I will always confess that Jesus is the only God, the only creator, the only way to heaven, because he's the only one that's real. No one else is alive. No one else can change a person's life. You've touched several times on your uh, recent marriage, and I'd really like to know, especially with a lack of a father figure and the lack of parents being together, how are you handling this marriage? How's your wife handled this marriage when you necessarily haven't had an example growing up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Um, I think what has really been um, my cornerstone or my rock or my foundation has been knowing God as Father, number one, and then also um, having people in my wife and, and our in, in our life that um that are have been married longer than us that have kids that have been so it's it's just funny like our um and and my my groomsmen at the wedding stuff like that and they were all they were older than me and they all have kids so and those those are <laughs> those are our friends those are the people that we learn from I spent I spent years of my life before I even got married um sewing into other families so that I could read that in my own life and I could learn and grow ahead of time to to get those things in me that I need to learn and grow. So so number one, I would say it's of course knowing God as Father. And then two is having people that love Jesus, that are married, that have gone before us and that know more than us that we can um learn and glean from and have a relationship with that they're there for us. What are the keys to a good relationship to you? Oh man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, <laughs> a key to a good relationship, I think. I think for me, um, I'm very quality time. Like the love languages, I'm very quality time. So yeah. I think so that quality time that that learning how to serve somebody better than yourself. Um, I I just think about how. As a job, as my job as a husband is to love my wife like Christ loved the church, which is completely crazy of a thought because it, Jesus died for the church. So I literally have to lay down my life for my wife. And so just thinking about that is like the key, honestly, honestly, the greatest key is to be like Jesus and even, um, um, how did how did Jesus respond to the church? How did Jesus treat the church? And that is my way to respond into a relationship. He was patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not rude. Uh, love keeps no record of wrong. And um, that is hard. That is a journey. <laughs> That's something to constantly grow at. But um, I think, and then having that humility in there too, to be able to say, hey, I was wrong. I messed up. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Um, let's, let's, let's fix this. And then let's, let's grow out of this. That's that's been my journey too. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I raised my tone, and uh, I shouldn't have been that way. And um, please forgive me. And let's let's work on this and get this make this better. So I know, uh, going back earlier to when you were talking about when you finally gave your life to Christ, you talked about the main driving aspect of that being um, 
seeing that heaven-hell difference and wanting that heaven, but as you've grown now over the years, what other aspects have kept you in Christianity? I know you've touched on relationships. Uh, is there anything else? Yeah, um, it, the love of God. It, how, how the Word says, um, the goodness of the Lord draws men to repentance. And um, I know I've even just been in ministry for the past, I think, five, I would say five years, um, just realizing how and in seeing people Seeing, seeing people's lives get changed and, and, and working with people and stuff, just realizing, like, the only thing that sustains people is the love of God. It's the goodness of God will sustain somebody. Um, a fear of hell can work for a moment, but oof, but that can easily, easily change for somebody. That can easily be, like, a, a light bulb situation and be like, oh, yeah, it, 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 that fear is not going to work. Um, but the love of God and the fear of the Lord, not the fear of just going to hell, but the fear of the Lord— will keep somebody in in knowing him and it's and it's an ongoing relationship just like just like in a marriage is something you have to keep working with you to keep growing in in relationship with the lord and so understanding the love of god and growing that relationship daily has kept me knowing him and wanting to know him and wanting to to live my life for him and then just realizing like how 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 peter how peter says to jesus when He's, when Jesus turns to him and says, hey, are you going to leave too when all those people will leave him? And he says, no, you have the words of eternal life. Where do we go? So it's kind of like the same concept of where else am I going to go? I can't go to any other religion. I can't go to the world. There's no answers out there. Like, what is either is Jesus or nothing? Like, there's no other option. So I know you said over your life you've seen a lot of very supernatural things. What are some of the most supernatural things that you've witnessed? good question mm-hmm. one of the most supernatural things um i i love i think i i think one of the most purest and beautiful things i've ever seen is seeing little kids get filled with the holy spirit um just seeing them encountering jesus and feeling the love of god and just seeing them getting so overtaken by the love of jesus i think that has been so supernatural and so amazing to see a five-year-old kid that the world will say, or people would say that can't focus for nothing. But when the, when God shows up in the, in the room or shows up in a the moment, they're completely captivated on Jesus and, and just, they're not even there anymore. They're, they're locked in with the Lord and seeing them get touched by Jesus and weeping and, and just feeling the love of God. I think that has been one of the most supernatural things. Um, and then, um, Try to think. Try to think anything recently um, that would be that would be supernatural. Uh, I remember. I remember one time uh, we were at church and uh, there was this there was this really sweet lady, older lady, and um, she loved cooking for the church. This church, and that was that's what she wanted to do always. But she was she had she was missing cartilage in her knee, so she couldn't be able to able to do it anymore so she couldn't cook like she wanted to because she had to pretty much just sit down all the time it was hard for her to walk and get around and stuff and so we prayed for her and i remember i remember in that moment and i i, I believe that god in that moment put cartilage in her knee because i feel like her i feel like her knee supernaturally just like inflated and um she got up and just started walking and she was completely fine and this and so it was Wow. Mind blowing of what Jesus did there. I was like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> and I was telling the um the pastor that I was traveling with, 
he was he was actually one of my teachers at the school and I was just like he was like oh he was freaked out too. We were like, Oh my god, Jesus just healed this woman and, and now she can go back to cooking what she loves to do and so it's just awesome. It was awesome. So where are you now in both your your walk in faith and and as well, like what are you doing? What's your day to day life? Okay, so my day to day life is I work a regular job. So I work, uh, I call it like my tent, my tent making job, like Paul. <laughs> so I walk <laughs> a regular job on the weekdays. Um, I usually travel on the weekends to do ministry. So I travel with some friends and I work, I do different things. So like I'll do product for a friend and, and then we do ministry stuff with some friends. Um, so on the weekends and then I'm trying to think. Uh, I do, I have like a bunch of different things. I do like copyrights for a ministry, for a music ministry. Um, so I just do a, a collaboration of different things. Um, I think this is the season of life that, that I'm in right now. And then uh, most of all, when I'm when I'm trying to stay focused on being home and spending time with my wife and, and time with my family, because that is the most important thing. All righty. Well, one more question here, and I'll, I'll wrap you up. You've been very generous with your time, and thank you for that. Um, for those people who may be out there who, uh, may not be necessarily content with their life right now, mm-hmm. um, maybe they've known God for a while, but they, they've fallen flat. I feel like that happens a lot. Um, especially down here in the Bible belt in the South. I feel like a lot of times you get, you get so overchurched that a lot of times it can become very dry and become, um, very just, well, yeah, dry and very, you know, this is just a part of the culture instead of the a relational thing um, mm-hmm. for someone who's like that, or for someone who's never grown up in the church. Um, what, what would you say to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say there's for, for the person that, that has been in the church for years, I would say there's always more, there's more of God. I just think about how like in revelation, when it talks about how do you have these four winged creatures and with eyes everywhere and all these all these angels and these elders and and how they were constantly saying holy holy and and they were constantly which uh, under the way to say holy will be like other or different so they were constantly seeing something different about god and that was the, and the bible says that they're doing that right now they're constantly seeing something different about god always so so there's no so there's so much about God that we're never going to know, even when we're in eternity. So even now, there's so much we can know and see Him. So there's always more. And so I would encourage anybody that feels dry and they walk with the Lord, or feel like they've been serving God for years, and they don't know, they don't know what's going, they don't know what, they don't know why they feel, they feel that way. Just encourage it. There's more. There's more to seek and to know about Jesus, and and He's a real person. You can really talk to and really know and. And, exa- and, and so, and then for those people that don't know God and don't know Jesus, um, I, I would say just be honest and be real with yourself. You you know you know exactly you know exactly your need for more. You know your you need for um, for more than than money, than fame, than 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 fortune, and and than anything this world can offer with you. You know that you wasn't you wasn't created just to live to live a life. Um, for yourself or for anything, anything this world can offer you. You know that you knew that there's something more. There's a purpose and plan for your life more than what you see, and that the, and that there is a God who is real, who has created you with purpose and destiny, 
and he's he's real. You can know him. You can experience him. You can talk to him. This is not religion. This is not a fairy tale. There's a God who's really living and alive, and he wants to know you. He wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants to use your life here on earth and have an eternity with you. Awesome. Well, thank you, man. Again, this has been Gabe Martinez on the Lifetime Podcast. Gabe, thank you for your time. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much.